podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello. How is everyone doing this week? I am super good. I'm so happy to be here. There has been so many celebrations going on in the Better Sex in 90 Days program. One of the groups wrapped up um, and the other one is just kicking along and it's just been so fun. I keep this rolling tab of all these celebrations and I was just reading through it before I popped on here and things about just going on vacation and being on the beach and for the first time, just not comparing and feeling uncomfortable in her bathing suit and not looking at other bodies and seeing how she measured up. But for the first time, like just really loving and accepting her body. And this is such a huge shift for us women. It's such a huge celebration. I remember vividly that moment for myself when it was like, whoa, I can like be here and just enjoy myself and not be like thinking about this body roll or how my legs looked or anything else, but just really, truly just enjoying myself and not having it take up the mental space. And of course, when we're thinking about our sexual pleasure, of course, when we're thinking about self-pleasure or connecting with our partner, body image stuff is going to come in, right? Because that is how we've been socialized. That's how we've been programmed, that you can only feel sexy when you think you look sexy. And what we really work on in Better Sex in 90 Days is creating a completely different relationship with your body, where your body becomes this beautiful vessel to deliver you yummy, juicy pleasure. And we really work hard on removing that self-critic and getting to this place where there's so much just love and appreciation and this safe container for all that pleasure to come through. So I just had to share that little celebration, not little celebration, huge celebration, but the quick celebration is what I mean. Um, So it is August when you're listening to this. It's like the first week of August. Now, it doesn't seem like we're getting close to the end of the year, but we are. (laughs) 2021 is almost, I don't want to say almost over, but I just look at like this last half of the year. Okay. Like this is always a checkpoint for me. What are the things that I wanted to do this year? What are the things that I wanted to create? And how am I going to make sure that I continue to show up for my original intentions at the beginning of the year. So I want you to spend some time checking in with your goals. We're going to get to an amazing interview, but I wanted to make a quick note about that because 
if one of your goals was to do this work and to dive deeper and to specifically work with me so that you can also feel more calm and safe and loving and juicy in your body so you can rekindle that passion in your relationship so you can put pleasure back at the forefront of your mind, then you should know (laughs) that if you wanted to join Better Sex in 90 Days in 2021, we enroll in September. So plan for that enrollment. Plan how you're going to make it happen. Make the decision. You know what? I keep listening to this podcast. I know this is the next step and decide that you're going to do it. Nobody that has taken this program has regretted their decision to take it further. And you're going to hear more from Leah in just a minute. She was one of my one-on-one clients about her trepidation and her, you know, listening to the podcast and doing all, you know, reading the books and and all these other things that she attempted to do and how coaching really did was the thing that changed everything for her. So if you want to coach with me in 2021, Better Sex in 90 Days enrolls this September. I also have a coach certification program coming up. I will share more information about that with you. And if you're really like, you know what, I really just want to work with Danielle one-in-one, I have a couple of coveted spots that you can reach out to my team and talk to me about at team at daniellesavory.com. Okay, so that's the business side of things. Let's dive into this interview now. This is one of my most favorite clients. Well, I love all of my clients, but I absolutely adore Leah and the work that she did. It was such courageous work. And you're going to hear from her story of being brought up in a very conservative religious upbringing where sex and the body were always talked about as being off limits, right? Really, really kind of blocking that up in a shameful way and how she was able to heal through that. But then later when she worked out for me, she could see that there were still some things holding her back from fully embracing her sexuality. And she had come in feeling like, you know what? Like I've done all of this work. I've done the healing. I've read the things. I've implemented the concepts. Like it's got to be my partner because I'm the one that's already done all of this work. And as you'll see in this interview, that is not exactly how things unfolded. I hope that you enjoy this and I cannot wait to share this beautiful story of Leah May with you and all of her transformations that happened while doing this important, important work. Okay. So Leah, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Why don't you just you know, take a couple of minutes and introduce yourself. And let's start with just why you wanted to do this coaching and like what brought you to coaching with me in this genre and how it all began. Well, it was great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, You know, I have been a huge fan of personal development for years and years and years. I've done all of the books, did all of the courses, so much so that I decided to become a coach myself. And bringing intentionality to my life, it, it is my highest goal to be really intentional about how I curate and create this one precious life. And so I had thought I've done that. I checked a lot of boxes, Danielle. Um, <laughs> and then I came across you somewhere somewhere online, maybe Instagram, um, 
And I just thought, wow, that is so bold. That is so amazing. I love what she's doing. And so I was just following as like an admirer. And the more that you were talking, I'm like, that's so interesting. What would that look like for me? And so it was really curiosity. And then the more I allowed that to open up, I'm like, wait a minute, could she help me? Like, I really was this moment of like, is this an area of my life that I can improve? Because nothing was quote unquote wrong, mm-hmm. except it really was. Um, and I just didn't want to say that out loud, but I was dealing with a lot of stories from many, many years in this area of, of sex. And so I mustered up the courage to set up a consult call with you and the rest is history. <laughs> I love that. And I love that, you know, I think this, especially in this realm of coaching, you know, it's like we get into this thing of personal development and like what you said, and I've had the exact same experience in my own life. Like it kind of like breaks open what's possible. Like, oh my gosh, if I can see improvements or I've made changes in this area, or I've reached goals in this area, like what else is possible? And most people don't think that sex is a place that we have a lot of control over. Like, I love that you said, it's like, what am I going to do with this one and like precious life? And I think when it comes to the sex card, we feel like it's just something we've been dealt and we have to deal with it and there's nothing we can do, or we've been dealt our partner's sex card and like, we love them, but come on. And so we just kind of feel in this stuck position where in so many other areas of our life, because it's talked about so often, we do see that possibility. We are like, oh, I can change my career or I could write a book or I could, you know, uh, change my body shape or do some sort of sport that I've never done. Like we see these kind of stories, but we don't really see that same sort of possibility when it comes to our sex lives. Well, and I think what you said about being handed the partner card was exactly where I was. I'm like, Sure, you know, things can be better in any category of life, but this is my person. I've been mm-hmm. with my partner for 10 years. That's not changing. So I kind of put that topic out of mind because I'm like, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And this is my card that I was dealt. And so um, you really reopened that possibility for me, just hearing others' stories, hearing you talk about sex. I was like, wait a minute, is there something here for me? And And honestly, that was a scary question to ask myself because then I had to reopen all of the thoughts and the feelings that had created my story of this just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's start there and give everybody a little bit of background for you. We'll get into the partner stuff because I think that is, you know, the crux of what a lot of us come to with. We're like, you know, love our person, love our life. We're, you know, married or not married, but in a monogamous relationship, it's feeling a little off. So we'll get to that. But when you say like, oh, I'm going to have to come up with everything that was going on in your past and knowing your past, like, I think that would be really helpful for people to understand kind of what were some of the messages and the stories and the way that you were socialized around sex and how that showed up later? Sure, sure. So the I was born into what would be considered an exceptionally conservative. In fact, I'll even say I'm a bit trepidatious to call it cultish, but when I look at the behaviors, it really was that. It was extreme conservatism. I was born into that environment culturally and didn't 
have any exposure to anything outside of that until age 23, when I kind of broke apart, left that piece of my life and, and really started from scratch. So I had you know, a couple decades of programming, which taught me to cover my body, to not draw attention to it, to um, not cause other people harm based on their thoughts about my body. And so really from the start, it was all about hiding and staying small and not bringing attention. Mm -hmm. Certainly the topic of having desires or your own wants or goals was, was never on the table because it was all about being hidden and being in the background. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I was starting with. And like I said, I'd done a lot of personal development work where I thought I'd sorted through all of that. Um, and I didn't realize the connection with body shame and hiding. I didn't realize how connected that was years and years and years later to my sex life with a very committed, happy partnership. Um, hadn't connected those dots until you and I started working together. Yeah. And I was even going through uh, some of our notes from like the very beginning, like the first few sessions that we had versus, you know, where you come. And I think it's so fascinating when we go back and we're like, whoa, like this is really kind of, you know, the beginning of everything. And I love that you brought up this, this hiding and this body shame, but not seeing that really, because there had been a lot of things that you had done. There had been a lot of things that you had broken through and letting go of a lot of um, shame around, you know, your sexuality and giving yourself permission to explore and do all of these things when you were younger. So it was like, it wasn't that you didn't have experiences, but when we dove more into specifically your relationship with your body and how that was showing up, I remember specifically, you're just like, but do we really need to look at that? Like, it's fine. (laughs) Like this has, my body has nothing to do with my relationship with my sexuality, but let's keep all the lights off. Let's not (laughs) look at things. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, that's why that was so hard for me to see on my own, because once I left that very, you know, kind of legalistic cultural setting, the pendulum swung and I went out and explored life and enjoyed life and had a lot of amazing experiences. So I thought I'd check the box. Like, no, I've overcome that. I'm good. I'm good with my body. I feel proud of it. I'm comfortable showing it. I just thought I ticked all of those boxes and that, you know, none of that programming was still with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was really I, our work that started to, to kind of open that up. Okay. So I think that so many okay. women can relate to that, right? Is that especially those of us that are in the self-improvement world where we feel like we've already ticked the boxes, but then we dive into like something like coaching. We're like, oh, I'm not as far along with embracing my body or embracing my sexuality, embracing my body image as much as I thought that I was. And then we have thoughts about (laughs) where we're at. And so could you talk a little bit about just, because I know for you, it was also not just like, oh, we're seeing this and I, do I need to look at this? But the thought you had about noticing that that was still coming up for you. Yeah, I think for me, it was really two parts. I think the first part was 
I was so damn determined that this issue was about my partner and nothing else. And so the fact that, you know, we kept going to my past, I'm like, wait, no, no, no. Like I've dealt with that. We're good there, Danielle. So I really <laughs> wanted to keep focused um, on them and, and what their issue was. And, but then, you know, because of that, I think I realized it is hard to go back and own that there's still work, especially. Mm-hmm. And the truth was I had done a lot of that work, but I'd gone as far as I could on my own. And mm-hmm. I couldn't access that deeper layer without another person guiding the experience. But to say that out loud, that there was unfinished work, well, then that created a lot of shame because mm-hmm. was that past work not enough? I thought I was healed. Was I not healed? And so it became very emotional because then it was about me and was I advanced enough or a good enough coach because I thought I had dealt with this. And if I haven't dealt with it, well, then what does that mean about me? Yes. Yes. 1000%. I want everybody to pause and go back and listen to that because I think this is such a relatable experience, especially for those of I, whether or not you're a coach, but that have done this, any kind of self-growth work, it is the shame that we impart on ourselves for not having worked through something or thinking it's like the perfectionist thinking about our own growth journey. And like, what does this mean about me? If I haven't worked through this and I should be, you know, fully healed or fully on board and fully embracing my body or fully embracing this. And that's where a lot of like judgment comes up, judgment of ourselves, for being where we're at. And so really a lot of that work began with just like accepting, like this isn't mean anything (laughs) about you, right? This is just really accepting. This is just where I'm at. This isn't a bad place to be or a wrong place to be. It's just where I'm at. And now we can work on it. So let's go back then, because I think another thing that you said, which was so helpful, was just this that we can all relate to is it's way easier (laughs) to blame our partner (laughs) than taking a look at our own shit. So just extrapolate a little bit more on like what what you mean by that, what was coming up for you and how, uh, how that showed up in the coaching for you. Yeah. So for me, you know, being the enlightened creature that I am, I've done all of this work. And so I like, I'd read the books and I had put a lot of intentionality into our connection and intimacy. I'd used my words. I was communicating very verbally. And so I thought, well, I'm checking all of the boxes. If I'm not getting the desired connection I want, then it's got to be on him, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm doing my part. And so the blame must be on him. And I wouldn't have used the word blame coming into it. Although thinking back at some of our conversations, that's absolutely the perspective that I was taking. Like it's got to be on him and how do I fix him or how do I help him? And what resources do I give him? Because I've done everything I can do. And that I think was really painful to even have that conversation with you. Because if I have done everything that I can, if this coaching, if the coaching with you and I doesn't work, again, one of these really big questions, like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think that's why it was hard for me to admit that I did want to coach on this topic because it was easier to keep it put away. Well, this is just what I've been dealt. This is what it is. Then to open up some of those bigger fears that I had, which is what if this is just what it is? Yeah. 
talk a little bit about those fears because I think that's what a lot of people worry about coming into this work, you know, especially, you know, it's easier to keep it hidden or like you said, like, this is fine. Like, this isn't really a problem. Like I could be okay, you know, until you had that honest moment in your life. But it's like, this is the one life I'm creating. Like, is this okay? So it's like, that's kind of the first conversation we have with ourselves getting into this coaching. And then we take that leap of like, okay, I'm doing it. But then it's like that thought, but like, I've done everything I can. And if I have done everything I can, how painful that was some of those fears that then come up. So what were some of those fears then of coming up if like, of actually coaching on this and thinking to yourself, well, what if I find out I've done everything I can? Yeah. Well, I think earlier on in our relationship, my fear was, uh, and in my partner and I's relationship, I think the fear was, well, if I've done all of the work, like, is this not my person? Mm-hmm. And I was not willing to accept that because I deeply love my partner. And so I had just decided, no, this is my person, which means then the result, the connection that we have just is what it is. So then the painful thought there was like, if this just is what it is, then I need to settle and be content. And, and don't get me wrong. I am obsessed with my partner. I love them to the core. But there was this one area where I wanted more connection Mm -hmm. and I didn't think I could have it all. I can't have the world's most amazing partner who, you know, is so selfless and so loving and have this amazing connection sexually. Mm -hmm. And so I had just subscribed. Okay. So I just, I just need to settle. Like this is, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. And opening that back up because I really felt like the possibility wasn't there felt really scary because what if I'm wrong? What if I get my hopes up and it doesn't work? Yeah. And I think you bring up so many like good points here that so many women experience. And I can relate to those, even as I did this work, it's like, when you're set, like, this is my person. Like, I don't want anybody else. Right. Like I, this is solid. This is us. But what if like I get my hopes up? It's like, I could just be content. I could just be settled. So it's that idea of kind of getting your hopes up and then you're like climbing up like, oh, maybe this area could get a little bit better. Maybe I could feel a little juicier here. And then that fear of, but what if it's not? And what if it isn't juicier? And how will I feel like being crushed? Like, because I am in this relationship, but that juicy connection I was hoping for by doing coaching actually isn't possible right? It's that fear of failure in a different way. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think it was a a fear of rejection. Like what if I put all of this effort and I really try and it still doesn't work? My mind would go to, well, I am then being rejected, which I later unraveled in our work. I was actually rejecting myself, right? Because I was rejecting those desires that I wanted the most. But at the time it felt like rejection is going to happen to me if I really push for the experience that I want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we can, all of us can relate to that in this category or not, right. That feeling of like rejecting yourself and desiring and like, oh, it's safer for me to shut down my desires than it is to go after them only to find out that they weren't possible to begin with, which is why we settle at the end of the day, right. We settle often because we don't want to feel that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So then going back 
to like your partner and how you started to see, because there was a lot of coaching calls where it was like, no, Danielle, (laughs) 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 I don't think you're hearing me. (laughs) This really is like, but what if I can't, like, what if he's not, what if we're not? So like, just talk about like, kind of like that push pull and like your experience of being coached around, you know, like I've already done everything and kind of what that was creating for you uh, when it came to this relationship, but also with your coaching. Yeah, I think, you know, it was, it was really scary, the process, because I thought I was coming in with, this is the thing we need to work on this. The answer is here and it's mostly has to do with him. Right. Yeah. Um, And you're coaching me on being present in my body and being self-compassionate. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get that. Like, Danielle, I've meditated. I am. I love myself. I'm very compassionate. Like I've checked those boxes, but let's focus on him. Like, I think I wanted the results so much and my story was so real. It did not feel like a story that it was really hard for me because I, I wanted the result. And I think that's why I was fighting so much is because I really wanted the result. And I thought like, we've got to look at the real thing. Otherwise we're not going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And of course, the whole time you were helping me focus on the right thing. Um, I just didn't have the perspective to see it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most people don't. They're like, (laughs) exactly that. Like, no, 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 Danielle. But really, this is the issue. Like, you're not understanding me. (laughs) You're missing the point. Enough with the self-compassion bullshit. I'm being really nice to myself as (laughs) we just are yelling to ourselves during it. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. And back to you. So then on the flip side of that, how did that relationship with yourself change? And then how did you notice that impacting how you showed up in your partnership? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest realizations I took away with it was how not present I was being with my partner, which is was really, it's honestly like even saying it out loud, I'm like, Oh, that's embarrassing. But it was true. Like I was so set on our story, the story that I had made to protect myself. Right. And, and that's why I think being present in my body was so hard because if I'm present, then I have to feel these really hard feelings and it's easier to push that on someone else. Mm -hmm. And so the work of being present and then how that translated to our relationship, I would notice you know, if we were heading into a moment, I would notice just how quickly my brain wanted to jump in and give me a play-by-play of like, what's going wrong? And this is how you're already being rejected. And so like before intimacy had even started, I was already shutting down because I was just living in my head in those experiences and not being present with my desires, present with my partner. And that for me was a huge connection point. The first time I realized it, I was like, oh my God, how many years have I been doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's, that's when I needed the self-compassion the, the most because I realized that I was part, a uh, significant part, if not the, the part of the issue is that I was being so much in my head. I was being mm-hmm. so logical and it all made lots of sense, mm-hmm. but it wasn't creating the experience that I was really craving. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought up that's when the self-compassion was needed because I think it is that for, um, for us women, the place that we go, once we start to see the way that we're creating the result that we have, right? Like we're creating this disconnect. We're creating this lack of intimacy that we want. We're creating kind of this wall between the passion that we're desiring and where we're at now. And when we first see like how we're a big player in that, it it is like this shame. Like, it's like, I can't believe I've been doing this the whole time. I can't believe I'm actually the one responsible. Like, I can't believe I did this. And it just goes to this very judgmental, like shamey, blamey place where now all of a sudden this blame has been kind of vacuumed out of... <laughs> being forced on the partner, but it gets like exploded into ourselves. So how did you navigate that, that change between like shame to like being able to, to be responsible without it feeling like such a heavy load to carry? Yeah. I I mean, you talk to me probably every session about self-compassion, right? So it was not an easy message for me to hear, especially given my conditioning from an early age. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, self-care, like self-love, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to really internalize that, I think you taught that to me at another level that I hadn't felt before. And then once you can feel that, then you have the capacity and the groundedness to say, okay, what is the experience I want to create? And how can I do that? It's from this empowered place because it's not about me and shame or rejecting or past story, fill in the blank. But I needed to go through that and feel that. And it was like a complete cycle that had to complete before I could start really thinking about what is the experience I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in that, it wasn't clean like that, right? Like some weeks I'm like, yeah, self-compassion, I'm working on it. And then the next week I'm like, but it's not fair. I remember telling you how unfair it was that I had to do this work because it wasn't my issue. And I'd already done so much work. And then it's like, okay, and self-compassion. And we would just go right back into it. So it wasn't uh, a clean process. It felt very emotionally messy, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's what I needed to go through to be able to come out on the other side. Mm, That is so such a nugget for everyone listening, because I do think that we think it's like this linear thing. It's like, oh, there's going to be shame. And then I just burn through it really fast. And I'm like on the other side and I just love myself and everything's great. And I can just take responsibility for my actions. (laughs) And it's absolutely not how it works. It's like shame, spiral, judgment, I'm burning. And then it's like, oh, compassion. I love you. I'm safe. It's okay. And you can like be with curiosity and looking how we're creating results. And then it's like shame again. (laughs) It's like, this isn't fair at all of this, like back and forth. And I think that's going to just be so helpful for people to hear is this isn't like one shot journey. Usually we do go through multiple shame spirals, but that's why continuously learning this, creating the safe container in yourself to have that then allows you to come back to it with more curiosity each time and less judgment. And it's just like, you keep creating that safe container so that you can take a look and we can take responsibility for our next steps forward without 
blaming ourselves and like, I can't believe you created this result, you idiot or whatever. (laughs) Just like, huh, that's interesting. I can see how I totally showed up that way. That's not really what my plan was. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's, I think, why the coaching was so meaningful. Like I've read about shame. I've like done all the books. Like it's so easy to understand something logically, but then in the moment, not be able to step back and say, oh, this is shame again. Oh, this is another spiral and, and to have compassion. And so, you know, you being my guide in this process and being able to point it out so quickly, I just think about all of the, the angst that I saved by, by going through shorter cycles of that. Um, because you were there with me to unpack it all. Well, it was my pleasure to be with you. And I think that, I do think that really reiterates the point of coaching, right? Is because I, I think that there's a belief out there that we can listen to the podcast or we can read the books or we can really, you're a smart woman. Everybody listening to this podcast is a smart woman. I'm a smart woman. I've been there before where it's like, logically you get it. You're like, yeah, shame. Okay. I've read <laughs> like, um, you know, I've read all the Brene Browns. I've, re- I've listened to the Ted talks. I've listened to the podcast. I am a coach myself. I've done all of these things, but like being coached in it is different. It's an accelerated path to the result that we want because we have somebody by our side while we're in it, pointing out that this is what it is <laughs> and helping us through it so that it's not like we're waiting around for our brain to like get out of that nervous system response and be like, oh, remember two weeks ago? Yeah, I think that's what it was. And it just, it just accelerates everything. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So the other thing that I just wanted to touch on, because this definitely came up at the, you know, at the end of our coaching together was your kind of experience through your journey of awareness and really feeling almost like this restriction on your desires or what was possible for you when it came to your sexuality. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I remember on our consult call, I brought it up and then I was very cautious not to bring it up until the end of our coaching again because I didn't know what to do with it. And um and that really being, you know, the topic of my sexuality. I um, you know, have always felt very drawn to women as well as men. And my current partner is a man. And so, you know, in the beginning of my relationship, it would have been easy for me to say, well, if I look at this then that would destroy my current relationship. But through the years, as we've grown and built together, I knew, again, this is my person, but then how do I resolve these other parts of me? And that's really what it felt like. There's like this extra piece of me that didn't know how to be acknowledged and how to be seen. Um, I didn't always have the language for it. I've now embraced the term pansexual and that's how I identify, meaning um, you know, I am attracted to all people. Like that is part of me. And I have chosen to be in a monogamous, rela- a monogamous relationship with a man. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of the work we had done on shame and, and self-accepting was really important because had I not, I would have pushed away that label pushed away that conversation because even though it's not the the choice of the partner I'm with today, it doesn't make that any less part of me. Mm. And our work 
around shame and acceptance allowed me to speak about that very openly with my partner. And we've had, you know, conversations here and there throughout the years, but I never really just owned it in the way that I had after our work. And it has just, you know, and he has been so incredible, so interested and excited to understand this part of me uh, and encouraging for me to connect with other people in this community. And so it has been so freeing because I'm not hiding any part of me Mm. anymore. Um, It's fully accepted, not only by my partner, but most importantly by me. And, you know, it's not this thing that happened in college or this past experience that, you know, I, I hear so many women explain away you know, who they are as sexual creatures because of how they've decided to partner now. But for me, it was so freeing to be like, yes, and like, Mm -hmm. yes, I love my person um, who's a straight white male. And I embrace all of these other parts of me that allow me to connect with amazing other humans and communities. And I don't feel shame about that any longer. Mm -hmm. And that has been incredibly freeing. Yeah. Well, that almost brought me to tears. So... (laughs) Because it is, it's so important. And I think like that we're so afraid to look at those parts of us that are scary. You know, it was such an honor to be able to hold that space and coach you through that because I know how scary it was to open that door. I know how much courage that took on your part. And then, you know, because you had created such this beautiful relationship with yourself, so much safety, so much love, you were able to go there. And when you were, it's like what's on the other side, you know, it's like what's on the other side is freedom, is freedom full acceptance of all the parts of you is so much more love. And that really did help you create that intimacy you were looking with, not just with yourself, but with your partner as well. And it's just such a beautiful testament of your courage and also just your self-love and how much you were able to really give yourself self-love to be able to hold space for yourself for all of the parts that you were a little afraid of. Yeah, it, it's been so amazing. And it it kind of made me think about the fear I had when we started this journey is like, what will I, what will happen when I uncover certain parts of me? Mm-hmm. And I think that was a lot of the fear that I had around the topic of my sexuality. Well, what will I have to do about it? You know, will mm-hmm. I have to blow up my relationship and and leave this person that I love? And like it has to be an either or situation. That's what I felt like in my mind. And And just like, you know, I was able to have this amazing connection with my partner and reach, you know, this full capacity in our connection, I see that I can also have that same relationship with myself. I can be in a really amazing place and accept all of these additional parts of me that actually make me more unique, more amazing, more lit up as a human. And it doesn't have to be either or. And I think that's been the biggest realization for me. Mm. So good. So good. So what would you want to share? And you can think about even like, you know, you before coaching that's like facing this and you're really nervous or you're really scared or with any women that are listening to this. And they're also like, there is this like sneaky feeling like this is my next step, but they're just really afraid to do it. What would you like to share with them or even your previous self? Oh, that's such a good question. What I would want to share with them is that you can only find more connection 
by looking at the things you're afraid to look at, by bringing them any um, fear or any discomfort is absolutely worth it in a safe container, like the ones that you create, Danielle. And that there's nothing to be lost in this process. And there is only the possibility um, of the exceptional to be gained. Mm, the possibility of the exceptional. I feel like that's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll the <buy> exceptional <laughs> sex. Yes. You can, you can create it. You sell it to all of us. We'll be on. Um, okay. And I love to ask this question to all of my guests that come on now getting on the other side of this, this freedom and this liberation with yourself and this, you know, turned on woman, pleasured woman, what do you think would change in the world if more women were pleasured? Oh, that is such a good question. Oh, I just want to use all the coachy language. I think women would stop playing small. I think they would be happier. I think they'd go after what they want. I think they'd stop hiding. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think it's true, right? It's like really this, you said it in almost two different ways, like stop playing small and not hiding and not holding back because it becomes our full expression of ourself. You know, we're not yeah. afraid to be seen and to show up like that in our full, <laughs> full yeah. expressed self when we're pleasured. Yes. Yeah. 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 So good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. This is going to be so helpful for so many women. And I appreciate you so much. Oh, it's been a pleasure to be here. And thank you so much. Yes. So for any of those people that would maybe just like to, you know, really resonate with what you say and knowing that you're a coach and might want to reach out or follow you, um, where can they find you? Yes. So they can find me at L May Coaching on Instagram. That's the best place to find me. I also have a website, leahmaycoaching.com. Awesome. And what type of coaching do you do? Yeah. So I do blended life and career coaching. So that work-life balance line is never quite that clean. And so I help uh, women, men, uh, all people really create um, a life and a career that are not competing with one another, that are really in sync and grounded and really just to help them live their most lit up self. I love it. Yes. We need that, especially <laughs> where we live. Um, so wonderful. Well, everybody take a look at Leah. And again, thank you, Leah, for coming on and sharing your story with everyone and working, being courageous enough to work through your own fears so that you are at a place where you can share this story. Oh, it's been an amazing experience. And I um, always and forever have the deepest gratitude for you, Danielle. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you.